Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. Today, we feature audio from the Elite Business Advice Podcast with Chris Moore. In this episode, Chris talks with Nathan Parchman, co-owner of Nitro Family Foods, who shares the entrepreneurial journey that he and his wife Nicole have been on over the last decade, turning their homemade salsa into a thriving business in downtown O'Fallon. This episode is sponsored by Merca and Greyco. Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors, and the goal of our podcast is to help you grow your business and educate you on a variety of topics that affect self-employed small business owners. Today's episode, we've got Nathan Parchman with us. Nathan's the co-owner of Nitro Salsa, and so we're going to talk through a little bit about his journey and how his business has grown over time. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um... As you said, co-owner of Nitro uh, Family Foods, Nitro Salsa is the the main thing the there uh, that we have our best product. Um, also, uh, commercial banker slash branch manager at Farmers and Merchants Bank in O'Fallon. Cool. And uh, I'm an alderman uh, for Ward Seven in yep. O'Fallon as well. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, we were very excited when we were building the house in O'Fallon. We thought you were going to be our alderman, and you just broke the bad news to me. So it's okay. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against <laughs> you. So. Um, so tell us a little bit about how Nitro Salsa, Nitro Family Foods kind of became about. Like, when did you get started on that adventure? Well, back in 2012, um, I lived downtown O'Fallon, and we had just put in a garden. Okay. And raising, raised up in Kentucky, just kind of uh, was instilled in me that that was something we have yep. to do. So I put it together, and I had all these peppers, tomatoes, and uh everything and I didn't know what to do with them so my wife Nicole and I got online tried to figure out what we could do and just randomly salsa was what we decided to, yeah. to put together and uh, it, that that's kind of where it started out in 2012 and then we had people try it and I mean gave it out as gifts over the years and yeah. I mean it just kind of evolved from there but the business actually didn't start until 2019 it was okay. more of just um, you know, handing it out to people, yeah. but that okay. wasn't really the the business. The business started in 2019. Okay, that's super cool. Um, so, I mean, what made you guys want to start doing it? Like, was it literally just from an abundance of like ingredients that you're like, we got to figure out what to do with this, or like, was it like, oh, we want to start a food? Bi-? Like, just I'm curious. There was no there was no intention to start a food business. Okay. Um, what I tell people is when you're least expecting something great to happen is when it's going to hit you right yes. in the face. And yes. if you can either run with it or you can toss it to the side, and we ran with it. Um, but when um, it got started, we just really um, took the, the product, and then we started handing it out uh, as Christmas gifts. That was really the main okay. thing. And we did that for two years, and people started asking for more. And as they started asking, we were like, we only have so much. We grow our garden, we yep. make the product. And that's, that's it. it. Yep. Yeah. Then it's gone. Right. So we had a yard sale in town, and this was against every regulation now that we're <laughs> licensed and certified and all that. Right. But we had 20 jars, took them out to the uh, yard sale, stuck them on a table, and did samples. And when people were trying that, they would try it. They'd buy a jar, $5. Yep. And I sold out within like two hours. Wow. And I walked inside, told Nicole, 
And that was the the breaking point that was yeah. like, th- there's more to this than just handing it out. And people were telling us they like right. it. They really do enjoy yep. it because they were, they were going around to the yard sale in the neighborhood and telling other people and they were showing up. And, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that, that's really where it got started. That, that's so cool. I've never heard that story before. Um, so, so you start giving out his gifts, mm-hmm. momentum picks up, demand picks up, right? Where do you guys go from there? Like you start, you know, okay, there's something to this. We just made a hundred bucks in an hour, you know, two hours. Where do you go? Like, you know, at what point did you say like, okay, we need to start thinking about doing this a little more seriously. I can't remember the exact year. It might've been 2016 or 17. Okay. It got kind of serious at that point, and yeah. we started doing a little research and come to find out salsa is one of the most highly regulated uh, food products because it's got uh, tomatoes in it and it's got botulism. So we realized we're going to have to do a lot of training, a lot of um, pH testing, basically yeah. become a scientist to learn how to make uh, the product safe and label it properly, right. have food manager's license, you name it. So. We had to take the plunge there to do all that stuff. And yep. then we found out the Vine Street Market was coming into O'Fallon, yeah. and that's three, four miles from our house. We're like, this is perfect. So we checked out the Belleville Farmer's Market, went and looked around at that, and it just wasn't what we were looking for. So we thought, let's wait for Vine Street to come in. Okay. And when that opened up, um, we, we applied. We had all our certifications. Yeah. And we sold, I mean, just sold out pretty much the first weekend we were there. And from there on, it was gangbusters. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where it got started. So Vine Street Market in O'Fallon is the, uh, was the kickoff point. And that's then we cool. escalated from there. You know, it it's funny, like over the years, like we'll be somewhere and somebody will like pull out a bottle of like nitrous salsa, right? Like we're mm-hmm. at somebody's house. And they're like, oh, this is like the best salsa ever. Have you had it? And I'm like, yeah, I know, Nathan. They're like, what? And like, so like what you guys have done, like the community really loves it. Like, you're not just saying that. Like you guys, it's been cool to see how it started, right? And how you guys have grown with it and just the demand and the the response from people and stuff with it. And that so. pushed us over the edge to keep going yeah. and the community's asking for it. And yep. we're, we're big in the community <clears throat> because I work there, live there, play in O'Fallon. Yeah. That's where it's at. And when... Uh, the community comes back and we have that type of feedback. It's just, it's a warm fuzzy. Yeah. That, that's what we, we do it for the income sort of, but it's more for just right now. I mean, if we, as, as we have to have income now that right. we, we've yeah. expanded, but <laughs> uh, at first, I mean, it was a hobby just yeah. to have people say that that is the best salsa they've ever yep. had. That it just, it makes you feel good. That's super cool. Well, and I think salsa is one of those things too, that there's so many different types of it. There's so many styles, right? You've got the restaurant style, you've got like so many different things. Um, in that, like when somebody finds one, they like, like they'll never buy anything else. Right. Right. Like this is the one they'll eat other ones. They go to Mexican restaurant or something, mm-hmm. but like when they find something, it's like, why would I go anywhere else? This is the one I like. It's good on tacos. It's good, you know, with everything. Yep. So, um, that's pretty cool. So, so when did you, like, when you guys started saying, okay, we're going to start selling this at the Vine Street Market, we're going to actually start pursuing this for income. Like, how did you guys even begin with packaging, with labeling, with like, you know, because obviously there's that whole side of it too, right? There's the cooking aspect, there's the bottling and packaging, and then it's going to distribute and sell it. Mm-hmm. So like, where did you guys kind of figure out how to do the the packaging part of it? Trial and error, um, <laughs> asking around. Yeah. Farmer's Market's a small community, yeah. so we, we talked to other people that did barbecue sauces and things like that okay so we would start out buying just the mason standard mason jars or cur yeah. jars and then make labels where you go buy them at the uh, office depot and yeah. we put the little label on there with uh, ingredients and our logo but 
it just didn't look good. And if you know my wife, Nicole, she's a perfectionist. So we had to really uh, get the, you know, pixels on those pictures yep. perfect instead of it being really, you know, blotchy yeah. or not looking good or having a thumbprint on it from right. coming out of the printer. Um, so that just kind of evolved. And as we spent more money on that, um, then we found ways to cut cost quantity. Right. When you're doing huge quantities, you can get a lot more quantity and the price goes down. So right. it's just a learning curve and you figure it out. And Google search is, <laughs> is a key to that. Yes. Yes. No, that's funny. I, uh, I never forget. I've told this story probably a couple of times on the show, but you know, when we started doing what we're doing now, working mm-hmm. with business owners and when we started doing it in 2018, and my mother-in-law was like, how are you going to do that? Like, she was curious, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. critical. She was curious. And I was like, I literally have no clue. But, like, I'll let you know in a few years, right? Yeah. And it was trial and error. It was read books. It was podcasts. It was, mm-hmm. like, research, Google, like, and just be like, okay, we got to just figure this out as we go and learn as much as we can, but trial and error it, right? We don't know what our customers need until we start doing it with people. You have to start somewhere. Exactly, and right? once you start, you take the plunge and yeah. you learn from there. Shout out to like our first two clients that stuck with us through those first few years. Like it, I, I definitely owed them a lot. Yep. So uh, <laughs> they didn't know they were guinea pigs, but they know now. But <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, that's, I think it's, it's cool. And, you know, I think to, to Nicole's credit though, like I believe that probably your packaging has also helped um, set the tone for your success because I feel like the perception when somebody sees something nicely put together gives it a lot more credibility, a lot more excitement, Mm -hmm. right? Than just like, you know, the typical, and again, there's nothing wrong with it, but you get something at the farmer's market, it's got like a, you know, address label plastered on it. Exactly. Like you kind of set the expectation low and you're just like, hey, it was a good thing, right? But when you guys actually have good packaging and it's legitimate looking, like just that, I think that psychological perception for people probably helped you guys take off when everything started moving. We're fortunate uh, that we could afford that. A lot of yes. people at the farmer's market, that's their main job. Yeah. Where we have our other jobs where we could spend money, have that nice tent that's got nitro on it yep. uh, that cost over $1,000 when you can go get one at Walmart for 100 Yep. So we, but she she was very keen on that, that yep. that was something we wanted to do. We wanted to, we'd look around at all the different farmer's markets. We went to like New Baden, we went to Maryville, and we saw what other people did, and then we she wanted to be the best looking yeah. at the market. So that's that's kind of what we did. No, that's awesome. Well, and I think it's, you know, it, it goes to show it's it's that customer experience, it's the brand awareness, it's, you know, the packaging, the branding and stuff. And I think whether it's something that you have, you know, other income to be able to provide to do that, or it's something you say, hey, listen, if we really want to take this to the next level, we got to make that investment. Exactly. We got to go, you know, maybe even talk to a commercial lender or something, right? And, and just figure out like, how can we invest five grand into our marketing branding, you know, all that stuff to get the return on it where you want to go. Right. And that's, that's a tough spot to be at for a lot of, you know, either hobby businesses or, you know, things, um, or like you said, people that do it full time and it's like, okay, we're making enough money, but we got to take this leap to really get to that next level. It's a challenge. It's It's a scary spot to be at. We we aren't in, we weren't in a scary spot, so we were extremely fortunate, but people that want to take that plunge, it's a, uh, I mean, it's a do or die. It. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's almost like you I'd be like, hey, we're going all in on this. If we're going to drop, you know, five grand just on tent and different things like that, you know, a whole package of everything you need, mm-hmm. that's a scary thing to do, yeah, right? Totally but, agree. but you got to, you got to, you know, make those educated guesses and, and decide if that leap of faith is worth it, right? Mm-hmm. What your goal is with it. Um, so as we talk about marketing and, and kind of that sort of thing, so you guys were hitting up farmers markets. Um, how else have you guys, you know, distributed over the years and kind of got it out in the community to sell? Well, we, 
We have it in a few stores. Okay. Uh, Creative Landscapes was one of the first ones okay. that we partnered with. Uh, Josh Marty there, and then uh, we're on the menu in Edison's yep. uh, up in Edwardsville, and then Boarding House Bistro in O'Fallon. So there's several of them there uh, that are on our website. But just people that would get it, try it, and they're like, I want to I help you out. And yeah. uh, Scott um, that owns Gia's in O'Fallon, he's been instrumental in helping us That's out cool. too because he – he, his day job is uh, stocking gas stations. Gotcha. So he does the shelving there, and he knows all the ins and outs and the That's people cool. in the St. Louis area. So he would kind of give us hints here and there who to talk to. That's awesome. So just knowing the right people or yep. people that are willing to help you out, yeah. that's that's key. So if you if you find one person that knows somebody, it's a, it's a big network. Yep. Networking's key to anything. 100%. But. Well, and I think, too, you know, you – you've identified yourself as a good community person, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know that's a big place in you and Nicole's heart. And like, you guys really want to dive into O'Fallon. And I love that. And that's, that's, we're excited to move there and kind of mm -hmm. do that same thing. Right. And, yeah. you know, you've seen other businesses. We had um, Janelle Schmidling on the show before. Mm -hmm. And like Janelle's really dove into the O'Fallon community. And just, you know, I think when you start diving into the community, people want to rally around what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Even knowing this isn't your full-time job and that sort of thing. It's like, when you find those people that care about the community and, and obviously you put your time into it being an alderman, I'm sure there's pros and cons with that at times. Always, and you yeah. don't even have to say yes or no, but, um, you know, so I think when people see that, you know, you're, you're diving into the community, people want to help rally around that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and I always tell people don't do it for the wrong reasons. Don't fake diving into the community. People can tell. Right. Oh yeah. Um, but when you're genuine and you're diving into it, I think people are going to really help you want to expand. And um, I know there was one or two people again. Those conversations were somewhere, and somebody's talking about it, and I'm like, oh yeah, Nathan's a friend of mine. And they're like, well, if he wants to put it in our stores, let me know. And that was before you guys were expanding, yeah. and you know, so I was just like, hey, put them on your list for when you get there, right? Yeah. So um, it, that's when you know you're you've built up the demand enough. Um, and I think that's kind of a big kind of hidden thing here we could talk about is, you know, you guys built up the demand for it before you scaled out. Mm -hmm. Like you guys made pretty sure that, hey, we're ready to make this leap now, but we know we've got the demand to support it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm sure that made that at least a little easier for you. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was helpful. The We would we couldn't have done what we've done without the demand. Um, but it. It, the community, like you said, rallying yeah. around our business and seeing that we're giving back to uh, the community. We try to donate to charities and yeah. schools and everybody that reaches out to us for a basket. Yeah. We try to give to every one of those if we can. There's a point where you have to say no. <laughs> right. But uh, so far, we've been able to do that with our product. That's and, awesome. Uh, that, that, they see that, and giving back helps people want yeah. to, to use you. So when did you guys know it was time to kind of take that next leap? We, I guess it was 2020 during the pandemic. We okay. were gangbusters. Yep. Uh, that was really the turning point where we said, this is, this is the real deal. We've got people from Indiana wanting to put us on the shelves and Kentucky. And uh, it was, it was crazy. People were shipping it to their family in Colorado, California, New York. And then those people are emailing us, telling us how good it is. And we're like, wow, there's room to expand here. That's cool. So that, that was really the point. And then we just kept, uh, looking for the right top and size facility until we uh, found it. That's cool. And you found it right in the heart of downtown O'Fallon too. Yep. About a hundred yards. Well, maybe less than that from the Vine street market yeah. where we got it all started. That's cool. That's a super cool connection story. So I got to ask this, like, so you guys used to grow your own ingredients at home. 
And, you know, that's what you started making the products with, right? Like at what point did that become unsustainable for you guys as you were making more and more mass quantities? In 2020, when we yeah. went gangbusters, the, the, we still, I still grow it more as a hobby. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, there's no way I can grow enough in my half acre <laughs> yard in, in the middle of Fallon. So we have to outsource it, but we, we use um, Just Produce Farmer's Market in O'Fallon. Nice. So helping cool. another O'Fallon business. Um, and they get it shipped in locally during the summer, and then the wintertime they've got connections uh, through the Soulard Market connections that he nice. has, and he gets it shipped in from Peru, Mexico, That's wherever, awesome. where it's still warm and they're getting fresh product. And yeah. sometimes he can get it out of, I think Kentucky has quite a few greenhouses okay. that do hydroponics and grow it throughout the winter. Oh, so that's, that's cool. somewhat local. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, because obviously, you know, the seasonality of that, you know, shifts a lot as time goes on too, right? Absolutely. So um, that was one of my other questions is how do you guys navigate that? So yeah. that's that's good to know. Um, so you guys are, you know, expanding operations. You're able to, you know, get more capacity of things, but you guys are also putting out different products, right? Like we talked mm-hmm. nitro salsa for a lot of this because this was your main product that got you started. Yep. Um, but how did you guys start diving out into other things? Like kind of walk me through, you know, the, the service offerings and how you guys determined, hey, what made sense and stuff? Well, uh, we've, if you um, look at a lot of different companies that sell salsa, they, a lot of them have pickles as well. And it, it's, it's a canning process. Yeah. It's part of the same type of process. So we dove into that and the second, tribe we had on our pickles it was killer so i we just got pure luck on that and our bread and butter pickles were just a hit right off the bat so that was they kind of went well together but we also have barbecue sauce um which is more of a basting sauce so we're looking to possibly rebrand that we've got pizza sauce which that was another one we just nailed off the bat we got a good recipe and tried it a few times and we got chips so those are those are the things that we do and then we're also looking to pot we're dabbling and expanding out to do catering yeah. or um, pick up um, where you can come to our store and pick yeah. up a product once a month just because we're looking to do a restaurant nice. in our retirement. So instead of nice. retiring, we'll just start a new business. There you go. That's fine. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Still, my wife the other day, I was like, I, I'll never retire. Like, no, I, I, I will slow down maybe at some point, but like, I, I can't retire. No. Like, she's like, please don't. Like, I would probably kill you. So, yeah, can't um, be at home together that long. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, that's super cool. I mean, and I think it's cool that you guys, you have a vision for what you want to achieve down the road, right? And and whether that changes or, you know, plans change is, is a different thing. But it's cool to see how you guys are building this to like that end goal, right? Mm-hmm. Stephen Covey always says, begin with the end in mind, you know? Yep. And so, you know, I think a lot of business owners, they, they don't know what like their two-year plan is or their 20-year plan, you know? And I think you at least even if you don't know it concrete, but you have to at least have something you're working towards, right? Because then all your other decisions can fall into place. So it's cool that you guys are at a spot now that you can start trialing out some different things and figure out what you want to do um, and how you want to do it. Yeah. I ask that in interviews when I'm interviewing employees for the bank, like, what's your five-year plan? What do, where do you want to be? And I, yeah. I want them to say, you know, moving up in the company or yeah. to being awesome at where I'm at. That that question right now, if I ask that to myself, I don't know the answer right now. It's right. just a... Um, it, it, we'll we'll see how it goes, but I think that's okay because you know where you want to be at in twenty thirty years though too, right? Yeah. Or at least have a, a vision towards it, you know. And I think sometimes you you have to just embrace the chaos mm-hmm. and be like, you know, I don't know, we're just figuring out where we're going to be at in five years, right? We just made this big leap into this building, we've expanded, mm-hmm. we got all these different ideas. Who knows where it's going to go? Exactly. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure you guys could potentially be one or two contracts away from like, holy cow 
this is going to blow up to a level we couldn't even imagine, or, Hey, we just continue growing in the community and I'll add more things, you know? So I think there's, that's one of those businesses that can change in a heartbeat in a lot of different ways. And so it's hard to really have a good vision for yeah, it. We're, we're at that breaking point right now where it's, do we hire yep. or do we be happy where we're at? Yep. Uh, we, which way do we want to go? And uh, it's a tough decision. <laughs> it is. It is. That was going to be my next question. So, so you've got a full-time job. Your wife has a full-time job. How do you guys manage to get all this done? Well, it's time management, late nights, yeah. very early mornings, uh, juggling moving kids around. Yep. And it's 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 a lot. I, it's probably 80-plus hours a week, and then you go home, you crash, and you do it all over again. <laughs> yep. But we, we make time. We force vacations Good. in to make sure we, we keep our family time, work-life balance. But Good. when you enjoy what you do in my day job, I yep. love my day job. I love banking. I love helping people get loans and make their business dreams come yeah. true. And then I'm living out that with myself trying to make the side side gig come yep. and make it a dream um so and i get to see everybody's mistakes in banking <laughs> and so learn I, from it yeah and learn from what they do because i get to see their financials and everything at the bank so i understand you've made a mistake here i don't want to make that same right, mistake right. so um that helps me navigate some things as well and That's understand cool. not to make the mistakes that are going to drag me down and waste time. Yep. I've seen other people do that. So I try to avoid that. So that helps me out too. That's good. That's good. I always say the best kind of mistakes are like to learn from other people's. Yeah. Right. So you don't have to yeah. personally experience it's not it. Not as painful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's cool. How, how old are you guys kids? Uh, we have they uh, Carly actually yeah. is eight years old today. She's oh, a St. Patty's baby. It's exciting. And then Brooklyn just turned 13. So we have okay. a teenager now. Good. So, so you can just put them to work in the business too, right? They started out enjoying it, but now they just like to work job. the cash drawer. Yeah. Hey, they... They're, they're more like, ah, eh, you do that. That's your job. Yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, that's fun. That's <laughs> fun. I was going to say that could be a good, you know, family bonding time. But hey, they do good. understand how to talk to the clients now yeah. uh, and to have customer service yeah. and then count money. I mean, when that's she was good. six years old, we had her run in the drawer. So, that's awesome. And we double check her and she could do it. That's awesome. That's super cool, though. It's And I'm sure it's a great thing for them to see, like, mm -hmm. you guys, what you're doing on this adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that that doesn't hurt anything, at no. least, you know, raising them. Teaches so. them hard, hard work. and Yeah. Uh, yeah, good values for sure. The uh, the couple we had on last week's episode, um, literally, you know, one of them was a four generational entrepreneur, like great grandfather, grandfather, dad. He's a business owner. They have four companies between the two of them, and like, you know, just cool to see that generational mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. Not to say that's what they're going to go on to do, right? But uh -huh. just they see the opportunity, and if nothing else, it just helps them well around their education growing up and figure out what they want to do. So for sure. that's super cool. Um, well, what's been the hardest lesson? you've learned along this journey well it's it's kind of goes back to learning from other people's mistakes but actually diving in like when i'm at the bank i ask people for their financials yeah. creating those quickbooks uh what type of insurance do i need to have yeah um what le legality do I need to have so I don't lose my house if somebody right. gets sick on our salsa? God forbid that ever happened, but it, you've got to protect yourself. Yep. So all of that and navigating that and not realizing the cost of that and then getting the LLC set up and just structuring everything properly so it makes the most sense and you're paying the least taxes possible but still showing income. You know all that, yep. how that works. So It's, it's a tough that, balance. That was a big, big uh, leap for us to jump into that and I got thrown into that because I'm the finance guy. Yeah, so Nicole doesn't have to deal with that, but she deals with a ton of marketing stuff yep. and other things like that. So we that that had to be the biggest part, I'd say, for me. She'll probably have a different answer yeah. for you because she hasn't had to deal with that, but she understands that was a big, big aspect. For sure. Well, and I think that's one thing that's really hard 
I mean, you don't know what you're supposed to know for a business, right? Like there's not like a handbook that the state of Illinois sends out and says like, here's everything. If you're in this, this is what you need to have. Right. And so it it comes down to a lot of Google searches, a lot of research, a lot of talking to attorneys and and people that know how to guide you through that. Right. Especially when you get into the food side of it and you got to have, you know, health and food department license and just all the other things Mm -hmm. that come with that. Um, it's, it's a lot to figure out on your own. So very much so. Yeah, um, so that's that's uh, that can be an intimidating thing. It was, but we we got through it, and we're we're almost on the backside of it that's right good. now. It's that's good. That's taking a while. Well, it sounds like you and Nicole have um, you guys complement each other well in your mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses too, and so that's super cool to see that like you know she's got the marketing creative side of it right, and you've got the structure, of the finances, and you know you guys kind of have your your areas of the business that each of you are kind of in control of, but still work together on i'm sure through everything we're very fortunate we do complement each other and we're both not the same i've seen companies that have very creative minds but they hate the business side of things and then they fail or they're really good at the business side but they don't hire the right person that's creative and they fail so we've we've been very fortunate and people have told us that they're like you complement each other like yin and yang yep and uh we we wouldn't be where we're at if that wasn't the case that's cool that's cool and i think it's you know as we work with a lot of contractors a lot of painting contractors are listening to this episode too it's like you know a lot of people are really good at what they do right the craft the painting the drywall whatever it is they go start a business they don't understand the business side of it to no fault of anybody's right Mm -hmm. and so that's why you know it's important to just develop yourself, listen to podcasts, listen, you know, plug into the content here at the PCA or whatever organization or association that fits your industry and just grow and develop yourself. You know, I think that's one thing, you know, I've, I've had a couple of people be like, well, I didn't go to college like you did for business. And I'm like, first off, I'm going to stop you there. Like I went to college for business, learned a lot. Not everything I do now came from college. Like, let me just be honest. Like, it was a lot of book reading and listening and trial and error and, you know, that type of stuff. And so I think people get caught up in the like, well, I can't be a business person because I don't have that skill set. No, you can learn the skill set. It takes time. It takes discipline. But it's definitely something that can be acquired. You just got to surround yourself with the right people. I agree. Totally. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time to be here. Um, do you guys have a website? How can people check you out? And Yeah, our website's uh, www.nitrosalsa.com. We're on Facebook. Uh, you just type in Nitro Salsa there. It pulls it right up. Uh, we've got um, all our products on our website. Awesome. And then we've got um, just kind of a little story. talks about us, picture of the family. And uh, just you can kind of little, learn a little bit more about us. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for taking time to come record this, share your guys' journey. Um, I really can't wait to see you guys are at in five to 10 years. It's going to be fun. Well, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. All right. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.